Well, hello, everybody, and welcome back to this special episode of the My Love of Golf podcast. Uh, hopefully, you received this, and it's in a timely fashion because it is a little bit early. It's a Monday night. Uh, we've all had a busy day. Started very early because it's US Open Day, and what a tournament it was. It had a little bit of everything. It had some drama. It had some wind. It had some high scores, low scores. It had a bit of everything, but what it did have was a jam-packed leaderboard with major champions all fighting for the title of US Open champion right until the end, right until the 18th hole. We had a great winner and uh, we had a great result for the team. So uh, to talk a bit more about that, let's bring the guys in. Rocket, he's got a great background. Mike uh, has been on cloud nine all day. Let's bring them in and talk about the US Open and digest everything that happened. Gents, good evening, and uh, listeners, good evening, good morning, good day, wherever you're listening to and whatever part of the world you're listening from. Thanks for joining us again. It's the My Love of Golf podcast, episode 180-something. Uh, I was talking about the US Open. It was a great tournament. I just said in the intro, if you listen to that, uh, climax on the 18th hole. Of course, it was the 18th hole of the 72-hole tournament. So it went right down to the wire, and I think we had a worthy champion uh, of the champions that were in that final uh, page of the leaderboard. I don't know which one of the two uh, gentlemen that join us here and make the mile of golf podcast what it is uh magic mike and rocker i don't know who wants to go first so there's no there's no there's no um whatever you call it priority list here we might have to we might have to go with uh with the man who's probably the star of our team because the data lake just continues to shine mike 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 You're right. It was, it's been a, it was an early morning. It's been every day this week's been an early morning. Uh, you're a bloody champion, uh, Mike, 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 Mike. I just want to sing that. That's going to consume my <laughs> – that song is going to consume me for the next 48 hours. I'm going to be walking yeah, around Drum and Golf Melbourne going, Mike, Mike, Mike. Um, Mike, congrats on uh, just another statistical uh, piece of genius uh, work. Uh, you, uh, once again um, – you know, the phone buzzing at, uh, you know, 4, 435, 5, 535, 6, 635. You know, I can tell that uh, you guys are up and about. How was it for you? Just uh, start from the start. Where did, it, um, where did it all start? It started on, um, well, for us, it's, as for the people around the world that probably don't get to understand the pressures of major golf in, in Australia as a viewer, um, our golf, our tournaments for the Masters and the PGA and the US Open normally start around you know, 9 p.m. and then you're kind of waking up at 5 a.m. to watch the back nine for the for the afternoon group. So it's a pretty random time to to be watching golf. So for me, I kind of normally get in the habit of going to bed early, let Rocket take the night shift and yourself, and then I sort of get up at the wee hours. So uh, it's normally, a, you know, 4 or 5 a.m. start. But day one, I, um, I had some stuff on and I was busy with work and went to bed early but couldn't sleep and got up and watched from about, I think I watched from about 2 a.m. till 6 a.m. or 5 a.m., something like that. I remember getting a, a note from one of our um, from one of our listeners asking, Scott Carter, he said, did you sleep last night? <laughs> and I said, 
I did, just not a lot, just on and off, just uh, keeping up. I was a bit excited, you know, the major. Uh, there's, no, there's no hiding when you when you are up late watching uh, because people all around the world can see when you're you know, either on Instagram or on the Discord channel. Of course, yeah. uh, when you're on the Mile of Golf Growing Discord channel and what a great little channel that is for people to connect and, and uh, yeah, comment on anything to do with the golf. It's not just what the podcast talks about. It's anything you want to talk about. There's a channel. There's a uh, – do you call it a channel within the channel? What do you call it, Mike? The, the menus. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's there's channels in the server, and you can talk about anything. And uh, there's always someone there at some part of the world um, to to comment. So they, you, 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 yeah, you, there's someone. I was talking to someone. The other, uh, there's someone there from the states because I was chatting away to them at two o'clock in the morning. I remember that, and they were talking. They were complaining about TV coverage. So yeah, uh, there's a couple of a couple of guys from the states. Uh, one we know, Dugger, and then uh, another chap who I met through the oh, um, Dugger, yeah. the uh, Golfers Journal uh, video creator who does beautiful video work. Uh, he's in there as well. Um, so, but yeah, people see you online and just end up having conversations at two and three in the morning, uh, mm. watching golf. It's, uh, bizarre, uh, but it's fun. Uh, yeah, I did it do, is. I did do the, the, the late shift, the first, um, one, two, three nights. Uh, the third night was a bit hard because with the smaller field, you know, it's, it's a later start. Uh, but the, the first two nights, um, you know, great. Great to start watching once again. Smiley Kaufman uh, gets a uh, gets his runs on the board early and gets out there with the uh, feature groups, and uh, he's breath of fresh air in terms of uh, listening to, you know, someone who's been there and done that. Uh, I like I like listening to him. Rocket, what do you, what about you? How, do, do you like listening to Smiley Kaufman and the feature groups early doors? Yep. Okay. I don't. I don't get the Sa- because saving, I get up late. I don't the watch pa- them. Saving the sorry, sorry, Mike. Saving the powder rocket for a little bit later. You know, one word response. Yeah, that's your welcome to the podcast, Rocket. Um, how are just you? Keep, just keep it simple. Okay. Where's my music? Oh, sorry. Oh, shit. <laughs> oh, dear, sorry. I'm too excited. <laughs> I'm rattling. The executive producer. <laughs> rocket. <laughs> <laughs> oh, the bloody prima donna podcast here, here uh, requesting making his own request. Sorry, have you got your um your rider in the background there? That you know the cheese and biscuits. Uh, so did someone win the cheese and biscuits, Mike? So we just go with the cheese and biscuit announcement now. Yes, we do. We do have a winner for cheese and biscuits. Um, how did we win? No, how, do we, how do we win the cheese and biscuits? It was all the subscribers that were public. Uh, access for us on the YouTube channel. So we put them all in the wheel and spun the wheel and we've got a winner. And it was Mr. Scott Carter one, which is good because he's a local person that I can easily get a choice of cheese or cheese paraphernalia too. Um, so I'll post that on you, not YouTube, I'll post that on um, Twitter and I'll send him a note and ask him what he would like me to do and what he would like and I'll organise that tomorrow. Uh, as long as he can get a lug- lug- I will um, get one of those, yeah. I've got one of those. I'll be in the office tomorrow for the first time in a long time. Uh, so that's uh, for subscribing to the YouTube channel. Uh, thank you very much to everyone that does. Uh, sorry and apologies we missed publishing last week's episode. Uh, the events of last week and uh, on the Wednesday, which I usually publish the episode and do all of that, had to catch up with Maddie Griffin as he prepares to go to the Open. We had a round at St Andrews uh, on the simulator at uh, Big Swing Golf. So I had to do that and just time got away. Uh, Rocket, uh, if you do watch the YouTube, you'll see uh, Rocket's birthday present in the background. Uh, Rocket celebrated a birthday the day after last week's podcast and was suitably surprised in true US Open Open Week fashion with one of the greatest gifts on a podcast golfer's wish list, 
Uh, we'll talk to us about it, Rocky. If you want to watch, if you want to see it, you can see it in his background. But if you want to listen, because you just listen to the podcast and don't tune into the YouTube channel, and therefore don't get access to the great cheese giveaways that Mike's giving away. Um, what is it, Mike? Uh, what is it, Rocket? It's the twenty twenty two commemorative bag for the U.S. Open at the Country Club, Brookline, Massachusetts. Mrs. Rocket just floored me with a nice little surprise on Wednesday afternoon. Of course, there's there's a couple of brands, or maybe three brands do signature bags for their, their yeah, stuff. Callaway and Strixon did one. Strixon, but well, they're you, part of Callaway anyway, aren't they? Strixon, though. Um, but you got the which one's yours? The Taylor Made, of course. Taylor Made. So that beautiful. Others don't exist. Uh, did you go through all the little signature pieces on there and what they mean? Did you have a look at all the little details? Oh yeah, I'd already done. I haven't memorized them, but. Um, I'd already looked at that on the TaylorMade site. So they actually had um, a thing on Instagram where it was going through each of them. So like on the um, right about there, they got 246 on the top of one of the small pockets. That's the number for Francis, the number of Francis Wiemet's house um, that he lived across the road from um, there at the course. Then you have on the cuff, on the front side, on the underside of the bag, we'll call it, you had April 18th, I think it was, 1775. So I think it's when Paul Revere's first letter, I think it is, around. So that's before, we'll call it the, the Patriots versus the British. Um, and there's lots of other little symbols and things like that um, that are on, on the bag as well. Um, and the, a lot of the theme in terms of it's not a US flag, it's actually the, the Patriot uh, sort of colouring of the, the army at the time that was fighting the British up in their thy New England. And like the, the paper, the is it like, is it not the paper, the, the that cream colour, is that, what's the significance of that? Is that like the parchment paper or something like that? Yeah, I think it is. Yeah, right. I actually think it is. I don't, they, I don't think they went into, I don't think I saw the detail of what that was because they were focused on more on the, the symbols and things like that, but... I looked at that and I thought it has to be like that old school um, paper. And a little bit of commentary from some of the uh, head honchos at TaylorMade came came your way. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Uh, very, very, very appreciative. Uh, shout out to Matt Beauvais, who is the um, uh, product lead creation guy at uh, TaylorMade. He basically made the current series of irons and, and made them what they are and the beautiful pieces of work. So um, he, he gave Rocket a bit of a shout-out. and yeah, uh, slid into my DMs. And uh, <laughs> you know, just little, thing, little things like that little things like that go a long way. And uh, Matt's a great fella. Uh, and also a guest uh, of the podcast uh, some episodes ago. So you can listen, go back and listen to Matt Bovee and myself uh, chat about uh, Taylor Made. All right, let's get into it. Let's get into it. Who wants to lead off with, uh, you know, how do we how do we lead off such a great event? Because it was a great it was a great event. It was it there was a bit of everything, right? Who wants to start with what a bit of everything looked like? Rocket, you go. Well, I live for US Opens like this, pun intended. Um, we'll call it the last. If you can capture like the last six holes, this way seventy two hole tournament. The last six holes produces absolute fire, and and generally you're not going to get. It's not, it's not going to be seventy two holes of just excitement all the time, but this is it's building up to that, and the story that goes with it for the whole week. 
And, you know, the, the course provided the canvas for a very beautiful picture to be written. And it could have been written by multiple people. It could have been painted, drawn, stenciled by multiple people. And it, it was, I wish I got to watch more of it sort of live. Obviously I had other activities going on and, but I was able to get the third and the final round and it was just, you couldn't wish for anything more. Like I was on the edge of my seat, you know, the, the couple of people that I had my money on, they were, they were, they were got ejected really hard yesterday. Um, and then, so I was just riding the, riding the Willie Z train um, all today. And it was, it was electric, which is watching every, everything from, from start to finish. And um, that's, that's kind of the summary. I don't, I, I, I'd start diving into the detail of the, the, the event and stuff like that. But for me, it was just a, a great event. Um, the winner was a deserving winner. The, the guy who, Billy Z finishing second, it's not unlucky, but it's impressive. <laughs> it's really impressive. He's 18, 20, he's 20, he's 24 months is some serious, impressive, seriously impressive. Um, and just the event as a whole was, was great. There was parts of it where I probably wish the first two rounds they probably dialed it up a little bit more and let the handbrake off. But third round was, you know, suitable enough carnage and then they had the rains overnight. So softened it up a little bit. So remind us. Made it exciting. Who, and when you said uh, the people that you were following um, uh, otherwise on uh, who, and got ejected early, who who were they? Um, well, I didn't. The, the only one I had picked as a winner, which is one I picked ages ago, was Max, and he was trending in the right direction. But um, And he started off the first round really, really well, and he performed really well in the first round. I think he shot, I think it was even or one under. I'm not sure. I can't remember. Um, and I thought, okay, he just he's got off to a good solid start. And then his second round, it was just got some really, because some of the tough conditions, I think, from memory and, but he played, he was not great from there on in and just really struggled. So he was, we'll call it by the second round, he just was airmailed out and he needed the, he needed to shoot low in the third round to get somewhere near that even sort of one under. Yeah, he was, and then, he was a dejected figure by the halfway through the third round on. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the, the third round was, I, I, I loved it because it was just the course just really just rearing up on certain players and just biting them in the face. Like it was like a, the course was like a viper at times, especially that eighth hole. Oh my God, that was some carnage there. That was, that was awesome. That was like, that was rooster or feather duster stuff that eighth hole. I loved it. Absolutely loved it. Um, And then the other players that for me got ejected because I I had from a betting standpoint, I had a little bit of a, a, a multi running. So it was, um, a JT Willie. Uh, I did have Brooks, and I had. Oh, I'm missing another one. I can't remember off the top of my head because I think I was like over it by the midway through the third round, and sort of just went. My my whole my whole, 
my whole betting is, is out the window. So I've lost it. <laughs> I know I'm missing one player, but they, they didn't make the top 20. So that sucked. Uh, we could tell that the crowds are definitely back to their full capacity uh, because I don't know if it's regional or whatever, but it was definitely the return of the Bubba Bowie. Uh, well, that, that, that like the country club site's actually quite small. So they, they are quite limiting with the crowds. So um, I, I think they only get about half to like 60 odd percent of the normal crowds you would get to some of the opens that are at bigger locations. So they have to be, um, have to be careful because they just don't have the the real estate on the property. So that would have helped as well from from the atmosphere. So even if look, they probably would have filled it with bums on seats. But I, I think inter, the intimate and condensed in a lot of places probably helped atmosphere wise. It was really good. Well, I didn't catch any bubble buoys. I, really? did, I didn't didn't uh, didn't. They're like uh, no, maybe a little bit. Maybe a little bit of people sort of nearby Rory a couple of times today or yesterday, but that was about all that's all. Mm. I heard a few bubba you, I heard a few bubba booies. Uh, I didn't I didn't hear any. Yeah. If you were on the you you watch a lot of the um feature groups. Yeah, maybe coverage. same play, yeah. But even today. Because yeah, yeah I, I I um I don't I never see the feature groups because they're always sort of through the different different channel. So normally through that Fox Tell feed you don't it's just different, I guess. Uh, if you're a fan of the Bubba Boo, let me know. But uh, I'm not. But uh, oh, I'm not a fan of most people in the crowd yelling stuff out that's just dumb. You definitely see some commentary about people from people saying that it adds, you know, it adds a bit of life and atmosphere. But uh, no, not a fan of the Bubba Boo. I'm not hoping. No. Ho- hopefully, uh, what life and atmosphere to what? Yeah, well, well, I don't know. I've just read those commentary when people, you know, they usually gets a bit of bit of um, chat going, you know, like the you the mans and Bubba Booies, and I, I guarantee we won't hear any Bubba Booies at St Andrews next month. And if if there's one next to me, there'll be an international incident. I bet you do. <laughs> if I hope not. If, I hope not. <laughs> the only the only thing that should be yelled out in a crowd is terminal velocity. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> At a president's cup. Oh well, producer Kingswood will. will um, you have to get used to open uh, terminal velocity uh, when they host the twenty twenty eight president's cup. When's that announcement? Does anyone know? I should know. I don't. But, uh, I've got someone looking into it. I'll I'll be in touch. Oh, my, my people will be in touch with your people. Okay. <laughs> no, 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 I'm, I'm fair dinkum. Okay. I've, I've reached out to someone in the know, and they'll get back to me. Ooh, heard it here first, people. Okay. Uh, Mike, you know, how did you, uh, once you got past uh, Thursday night, when um, how did you get on board with Yeah, um, yeah Rocket summed it up well. I mean, I think it was pretty tricky first two rounds. It was a clear wave advantage to the guys that played uh, late than early. No, late than early than late. They had a bit of, um, which we knew was going to happen. So you had um, quite low winds on the Thursday morning. So that, that was quite beneficial. And the guys went out in the afternoon on a course that was pre- that were pretty baked out, and then the expectation was they'd get the opposites of that the day after. So the guys went out in the morning that had been out in the afternoon before on a pretty tough course, but because it was so tough and the wind was up, they couldn't let that happen. So they had to water. So the guys that had copped a pretty uh, pretty nice day the day before ended up copping a pretty nice day the day after. So I think the difference is about two two and a half shots. Um, difference between the guys on average. So that, that's a big difference. Um, so the, the guys like, you know, um, 
Max and those guys. They were just they were kind of hiding to nothing. The part that probably made me nervous um, was because I I did another podcast around their um, betting and I have to name one person that can't win. So I pick my picks, but then they say, who's the person that's up the top of the market that you, you don't think can win? And I said, um, Scotty Sheffield. So he was the bloke that was making me extremely nervous all week to look like a complete deal. So I was most nervous about him at the half because, he, one, he was playing well, but, two, he'd come through the hard side of the draw. So he was the one that was making me pr- pretty nervous. Um, and I think a lot of people at that point were sort of sitting there going, especially at the end of round two, they were expecting Rory to really kick on because he got that easier wave and they were just, right, he's going to come forward here and, and really take a hold of this, but didn't quite happen. And then, um, yeah, I think the, by the time the tournament got towards the end, the best players were there. The guys, you know, everyone's got talent that's in this field, you know, guys that were probably batting above their average. Some of the guys we talked about last week, like Aaron Wise and Joel Damon and that, that, that they'd really got the most out of their week and a couple had gone forward. And, and for Joel to hang on, that was really, really good to see him play in a tournament that he didn't expect to play well in and, and do it. Um, Seamus Power came up quite late. Denny McCarthy played really well late. But if you look at the top of that leaderboard, Fitzpatrick, Scheffler, Zalatoris, Matsuyama, Morikawa, McElroy. Like, that's the cream of the crop. Superstars of the game. Yeah. And I'm not just saying this because I I, I liked him uh, in Fitzy because I, I don't, don't you know, we've spoken about it. I actually don't like, I don't think putting with a stick in and his demeanour, I don't, don't love it at all. But it doesn't mean he's not going to pick him to win. I think he was probably the, the person that was most deserving to win. I think Zalatoris was so, so good. He was probably a little bit, I was a little bit nervous for him early doors today because he had two early bogeys and I thought, oh, I could really buy up here, but he fought back really, really well. And I think one of the things that went in his favour late today was he started aiming for flags that he did, he couldn't do before but had to just because he had to make up some some uh, shots. I think he was about four back at one point. Um, Scheffler was unbelievable, like unbelievable with his irons. Um, but around the greens, it was horrendous. So it was really funny. Whenever he was playing a bad hole, it was because he, he got stuck in a spot that he, he hadn't hit a green on. He's chipping on a couple of holes, especially Saturday, I think it was, where he chunked two chips in a row and one roll back to his foot. Like, you can't do that. Um, so Fitzy kind of had a good all-round week. The, the worst thing that he did was his putting uh, and his strokes gain numbers. But one of those reasons is he hits nearly everybody green. I think he had 17 greens today, 16, 17 green. Yeah, 17 greens. Yeah. It was uh, eighth hole where Scheffler. It was, the one you said before, yeah. Oh, it was so good. I love that hole. And and Fitzy did the same every day. He hit the driver and then he pulled out the wood and he aimed to that right side that sort of just was enough so that you could be poking away and it wasn't going to grab that ridge and false front and come all the way back down. Yeah. He did, I reckon he hit the same shot four times. Yeah. And uh, he, he executed it perfectly. And he obviously felt comfortable there. He won the end there, which we talked about. He stayed with the same family. Um he had good vibes going, which is good. And, um, yeah, and look, I know we'll talk a bit more about it, but that final hole, I think I've watched a lot of golf. Like, I've watched a lot of golf, and, and it was funny because I was really nervous all day, and I probably, I think I sent both of you a message. I think I spent the last back nine, nearly the whole back nine, standing up watching because I couldn't sit down. But um, I was probably, when when Fitzy got in that bunker, and Rock is going to give us a rundown on the bunker, when he got stuck in there, I was like, I'm reasonably confident he's going to get to the green, but I'm not not confident that that uh, Zalatoris isn't going to make a birdie on top of him and still either, either time or if Fitzy makes bogey here, it's going to be a two-shot swing and he's going to get rolled. 
So for when he hit the green, I was happy. When he when Fitzy missed the first birdie putt, I, I was resigned to the fact that Zalatoris would make that birdie. I, I thought there's no way. He's seen, seen the line. He's got everything here. He just needs to give it any sort of pace and it's in. The rocket, the, the bunker shot. Everyone, uh, the, the feed, uh, the question came through on the uh, Discord. Tell us, what's your, what's your feedback? Well, the question is, uh, where does that bunker shot rank in bunker shots in, in golf? So I'm going to assume that's based on the majors. Okay. Right? I was so, going to say, oh, I can only think of one bunker shot that I think of every time, then it's on a major. So you go. Uh, which one? Uh, Tiger Woods Canadian Open, the one where he hits like a eight. Oh, the six. Iron. No, the, the six iron from two ten over from, the trees from miles away over the water. Yeah, par five <laughs> over ridiculous. the back of the green chips up makes birdie wins by a shot. Yeah, that was ridiculous. Yeah, that was insane. That was that was the. I think that was the first. Yeah, that was two thousand, and I think that was one of those times when everyone's just like going, "You're not supposed to do that." <laughs> well, the other Tiger one, which wasn't too far behind wasn't too far after that was uh, 2002 PGA at Hazeltine on 18 where he had, he was standing outside of the bunker and the ball was down below his feet and he's hit this three iron over the trees to like about five feet and made the putt for birdie, like in the second round or something like that, that from just purely ridiculousness, that's, that's insane. But then you go with, Bunker shots that have pressure attached to them, and so you could you could throw eighty six, Larry, not Larry. That's eighty seven. Oh, it's still itched in my memory. Uh, Bob Tway at the PGA when he holds a bunker shot from the against the shark, but that's just from greenside bunker. You could go to Ernie. In how many how many of these have you got, Rocket? You, you haven't written them down or anything. Like you just go from memory here. Have we got like ten? Oh, yeah, no, we... look, I did a little bit of research to make sure I haven't missed any. Can we do a top ten? Enough to do a top ten? Like because Bob Twice, if, if there was a top ten, Bob Twice. Oh 10. no, no. So so there's not enough for a top ten of ones that are notable from winners. Okay. In majors, because you, you're talking about bunker shots, right? There's yep. not. There's only there's only a few. Like the country club, the first one that came to mind was Curtis Strange his bunker shot from the front of the trap on 18 in regulation to, to yeah, he's hit it like stone cold to, to force the, to, to get into the playoff with Faldo. Um, actually, no, Faldo putted last. So he had a putt to win, but they, they ended up tying. Um, then you could go to, um, obviously there's the uh, Twy one. Then the, there's the, um, it wasn't in the final holes, but there was the Ernie Els one. Oh, oh, actually, O2 was quite epic, actually, then. Ernie Els at Muirfield from the one of the, the pot bunkers. I can't remember which path three on the back nine because I wasn't watching a lot of golf in the early 2000s. Um, there, is a, there, so is a, there is a good path around the back nine. I can't remember the numbers, but it might be 13 or something like is that. It, there's 16 and yeah, I was thinking 11, but I'm thinking of maybe St Andrews then, so it might be 13 then. Um, but then the other one that's the most famous from a last hole, then you've got 88 Masters with Sandy Lyle. So, you know, he hits iron off the tee. People forget actually, don't realise actually how long he was with the, with a, with the old butter knife, the one iron. 88 Masters, final, final hole, hits 
iron off the tee for safety, hits it into the bunker, got 155 to go with the pin in the front left, bit of a traditional one, and he hits seven iron, which lands behind the stick up on the bank and rolls back, and then he makes the putt. So that's that's probably we'll call it the most famous one. If you if you were to go bunker shots because of pressure, I, I would rate fairway bunker shots probably times two in terms of hardness compared to ones around the green. Um, but I would probably put Fitzies in the probably. Oh, it's kind of equal to probably above that because if you go by degree of difficulty, you go that bunker shot. He it's not as straightforward as the one one at the Masters. Um, because you've got that little tongue and I reckon he's about 10 to 15 centimetres. If that ball was another 10 centimetres to the right, he's like almost got no shot, almost no shot. And so it's on a little bit of a side hill lie. He's got a fair distance and his angle is left side of the green and he's got to cut it in and he's leading by a shot and you're hitting from a fairway bunker. Like... And he did it so fast. I, I yeah, he's, he's just, awesome. he I think he's a naturally yeah. fast player. Yeah, which which helps. And you can tell. Oh, I think I made the comment as he walked off seventeen. I think I made the comment. You did you did? He's walking slower than normal. He was for sure. So he, I think he it was like he knew, and he's he was like just trying to pace himself because you can see how he walks and things like that. He seems like he could be naturally quite nervy and nervous and stuff like that. But he was like, you could see he was deliberately like walking slower to get, yeah. to, to get to the tee. So, and I reckon just to get his heart rate down. Like that's just collecting his thoughts, in. right? Yeah. Right. It's just like, it's almost like the composure of I'm leading by one. I, I just have to hit, you know, I've got to hit just four really good shots. Yeah. I got to, I got to force, I got to, you got to make him make. You got to make Zalatoris make mistakes. Absolutely, yeah, or yeah, or birdie. Like you, you got to make him beat you. Yeah, for sure. And 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 I would I would say Zalatoris. But the thing that people don't realise is Zalatoris hit first, and he absolutely oh, crushed one up there. Like he, everyone else, everyone else in the in that final round, except for um, Fitzy and. Um, Zalatoris, they were hitting three woods out to the right hand side, and and Zalatoris stood up there with driver and just took the hard left line, you know, the shortest way in, blasted one down there, and then that's when Fitzy's hit it left, and I'm thinking, oh, and you can only see the shot shot from the top, and it was just like game on. But he, that was a three wood as well, Fitzy hit. Oh, was Fitzy it? Hit. Yeah, he yeah, absolutely right. He's a bomber now. murdered it. Yeah, so he got cha- he got chastised for hitting hitting that club, like I was saying. Um, you know, Who like, chastised him? Oh, the commentary, the commentators. I said, look, it was. I like Zinger. He just hit it out yeah. to the right. Hit driver. Hit driver or iron. Yeah, hit, Zing, hit, hit driver. Bomb, a, bomb it down to the right, or just hit iron and hit a you know six iron in. Zinger's a wanker. Um, and then, yeah, that I, I don't. Fairway bunker shots are so hard. Like. I actually think from just pure iron play, I think they're probably one of the hardest shots in the planet because you're relying on a ball that could be a little bit depressed in the sand. So, and you have no, you have no, there is no room for error. There is none. That's in terms of where you hit the ball in the face. And also 
how clean you cl- if you get if you if you take a little bit of sand early, that thing's doing nothing. Compared to hitting off grass, you can get something a little bit on the fat side and it's still got a little bit of juice on it for some reason, but out of a trap, it's terrible. And then it's sand, so it's moving under your feet. So you actually, you actually have to have quite quiet feet and lower body so you're not, you know, Scotty shuffling around because that would actually, you, you could just lose complete control. And the shot ask, that he hit, it's just... It's, just ask John Rahm, mate. Did you see John Rahm's shot? The day before, from the same bunker, different angles. No, is that yeah. where? Because he made yeah, double on that whole thing. He hit it straight into the face, about a foot in front of him. I, I literally was waiting for Ram, Rambo to come back and just club snap something, because it was a, it was a, he bit off more than he could chew and just didn't hit it. And then uh, second one, he hit fat. Which yeah, is what there happens. you go. Right, and that's that's it. And and yeah. he can be a little bit, he can be a little bit Fred Astaire with his feet when he's when he's swinging as well, right? But, Fitzy, you look at it, and he's got really quiet legs, really quiet feet, and just as soon as he hit it, I was like, oh, he's flushed it. And not only to get it on the green, but get it on the green into that area where if it, if it was cut a little bit more, if it went another couple of feet, it would have hit this little funnel and rolled down into the hole. Your, your, or rolled right. down closer to the hole. You, you, uh, that's funny, the difference is like me – cheering him and quite nervous because I'd bet on him. I thought he'd absolutely not chunked it, but I, I thought he did a bit heavy and I, and he didn't he didn't actually react. And I was like, oh no, this is coming up short nah. in the next bunker. No, nah, as soon as he hit nervous. it, as soon as he hit it, I was like, oh he's flushed it. It's just, it just the sound. It's like, no, he's flushed it. It's not heavy at all. Because if it's heavy, I'm guarantee that he would have hadekied it with a hand coming off, but it actually would have been a terrible shot and not three feet. Um, yeah, it was a ripper. And yeah, just just getting it to that spot was amazing. And then, yeah, it's it, it's it's it was a really really difficult shot compared to the one that Sandy. If you put it Sandy Lyle versus that one, Fitzy's is 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 the one. Fitzy's is the one. It's real. It's so good. I don't think people really understand how good that is. Like it's ridiculous. I was watching it and uh, it was an amazing golf shot. Yeah, like you were caddying uh, to the yeah, bike. Next one. <laughs> uh, I was watching it. I definitely watched it. Um, just, but just the fact that for me, the the pressure that the guy's under, maybe he doesn't feel pressure that much. I don't know, but uh, you know. To know that he's got to get it on and get it close to even have a sniff at, you know, maintaining uh, his lead and, and therefore win the thing, um, to do it under that pressure. Like, I don't mind a long bunker shot. Like, it's one of my more preferred shots off the sand, the long, you know, six iron, seven iron, something with that sort of face and just clip the ball really clean. I, I really like it. Like, the one that I hate is that distance that Lucas Herbert sort of nailed at the Irish Open, which is coming up this weekend, you know, when he went on to win. So it wasn't a major championship, but, you know, that sort of 70-metre long bunker shot up the hill, that, for me, I always collect a bit of sand. But a 6-iron, 7-iron, 8-iron, I love that shot. But just to do it when you've got to get it on the green and, and get it close enough to... And it wasn't a small lip. No, no, not at all. It was... The, the, the lip of the bunker was not small. Like, we're talking... I reckon he's got about this much of a clearance based on if he's hitting like six iron, it's not coming up fast because his trajectory is not naturally high. So it's there's not a lot of clearance. 
The only thing that probably helped him is the fact that he was hitting a cut shot. Hmm. We've got to sort of clip those sort of second bottom groove. Yeah. You know, like. Yeah, you, you literally have to hit the almost like the, the, the middle. You can't hit the ball any lower than three quarters down. There's no, you know, it doesn't compress like it does on a normal, a normal struck sort of eight iron. You know, the balls going, no. you know, you, no. you you don't have your descending you know, as a shallow or I'm sorry, as a descending angle, because um, you've got to pick it. And uh, but yeah, it was great, loved it. So, um, Mike, you are obviously very happy that he won. What what is your beef with um, Fitzmagic? Like- <laughs> it's not a, it's not necessarily a beef. I just, I can't. I, I don't like people leaving the flag in, as we've talked about before. I think it I think it's silly. The rationale of it coming in as a rule was to speed up play for people that don't have time to get it out or just want to tap it in and keep going rather than take the formality out of it. Yeah, it doesn't. Whereas these guys are using it as a target and it just looks ridiculous. And to be honest, he made he made a bogey on or double on the no bogey on that path three, the short path three. Two of the parts that he hit, one was for birdie and then one was for part that he missed. I can tell you now, there's absolutely no doubt in my mind, part of the reason why he missed them was because the flag was null. Like it, it, there's no way it's as easy to putt. Unless he's trying to aim for the stick and it's a straight putt. If you're playing for break, I, I just can't see how it helps. I just don't. And to take the speed off it or something like that, I just, I just don't buy it. And it looks silly. Um, so yeah, and and the cross handed chipping is a bit weird. If it works, go, go nuts. So what happened with the putts that that he that he missed? I I didn't see it. Sorry, I was. So on the par three, the short par three, he had a he had a putt. I'm trying to remember now because I watched a lot of golf, but right, it was either a par that, or that right that big. Yeah, it was a big right to left curve. It was a birdie because Zalatoris made his and for yeah. birdie, and then Fitzy had the putt, and Fitzy missed it, and he and he, got, he he pushed it way too far past. And then he had basically, you know, six feet coming back and left the flag in and, yeah, missed it again. So from a birdie part, made bogey. Mm. And even right. then when they cut away, I'm, ne- I'm always nervous. I'm thinking, oh, he's going to leave it in from two feet and miss this one. So, yeah, it's not a beef. I just don't. There's no, I've got, there's not a lot of, uh, he's not a player that I would sit there and go, God, I really can't wait to see that bloke play golf again. He's not, you know, he's not Tiger Woods. So you're not following. Not, not many are. You're not going to St Andrews to the Open and following Fitzmagic around, even though he just won his first major. Nah. No. Okay. No. Nah. See, see, when Mike bet on Fitzy, it was to grow the game. That's it. Yeah. It's to, not about. Um, yeah. It's not about blokes I like. I've never, I've never bet on half the people that nah, on, on tour. To grow the game and spend more time with his family. That's it. Now, um, well, that's a great question though. If I was going to the Open and I had like. Who do you follow? If I had, so if I had five, I'll tell you right now, and I'll tell you how I know who the five would be because I had to do something before, which I want to talk to you about. Five players would be Ram, Cam Smith, um, Morikawa. Uh, who else was there? I'll have to look it up now. But they'd be the first three that I'd be going, yep, I want to, oh, Justin Thomas, that's four. And then I'd have one more. I can't remember. Oh, you know, it'd be, it'd be Max or Joel Damon or someone like that. They're the guys that I'd want to go and watch. Not Rory? No, okay. Okay. Oh, look, I, I know people love Rory and I, I respect Rory. He's an exceptional golfer and he hits the ball miles, but eh, no. 
he was close again. He was thereabouts, but uh, yep. not com- nice. not converting. Third round wind again. Hmm. Yeah. No, he uh, he's knocking on the door. Oh, I could see him certainly um, winning one coming up. Like we talked about last week, he's thirty three. Yeah, he's, he's got time on his side. His biggest problem this week was his strokes gain around the green. He ranked sixty three of about sixty three that made the cut. Um, round one, he was ranked 132nd in strokes gain around the green, 123rd in round two, round three, 57th was right up there, and then he, he did okay today. But yeah, you're not going to play a course like that without being able to gain strokes around the green. So, uh, sorry, who, are you going? Who's going? I was going to ask you two who you're going to watch, who you fight. Uh, Max, Cole, um, probably Brooks, maybe can be a bit bland. I, I think Willie Z. I Which just want to see that. I just want to see <laughs> uh, Willie Z because I just want to see the guy hit, hit a golf ball. Like, I just want to see him putt for a fake feet. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just want to see him hit a golf ball, especially on that course, you know, in what it's going to be like there because I think that's going to be something else. And then how many is that? One, two, three, that's four. Um, I can see Ross's, the wheels in Ross's brain kicking over, trying to figure out his fight. It's interesting yeah, because... I can't think of another one. Because... Actually. I know, I know, you know, the, the times that I've been to a big tournament before, I sort of just mosey about and check mm. out over here and go over there. And, you know, I've always watched a couple of Australians. I remember following Jason Day and yeah. uh, Lee Westwood and uh, I think I followed Darren Clark for a bit. And then I, I would perch up in a stand and sort of have a break. The last day was interesting because, you know, uh, 2016 opened with that great show of uh, Phil Mickelson and Henrik Stenson. And I was sort of trying to always leapfrog a couple of holes ahead. So, you know, you get a seat in the stand and you could see them come into the green. You, you usually always get a, a great yeah. vantage point uh, around the green and into the green from those stands that they have. Um, but I, I just watch a bit of everyone. But, but now that you mention it, you know, like I want to see John Rahm again. Like I vaguely remember him from the World Cup when he was out here, but not really remember him. Uh, so I want to see him. You know, he's a big boy and uh, – I like the big boys, so yeah. I don't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Um, not go and watch Will Zalatoris because probably for the opposite. You know, he's a fen- he's a phenom. He's a small, slight little kid. You know, in and to do what he does with a golf ball. Uh, the fact is, um, and Josh, who I might spend some time with at the Open on the Friday, is friends with um. Uh, Friends with uh, well, is he friends with Will Zalatoris or no? So so well, he he went to Wake Forest, right? Yeah. So he's got he's got an affinity for the Wake Forest people. Yeah, and there's a couple people that he knows obviously at Wake Forest that in, that obviously introduced him to Will, and Will spent some time with his girls and got some signs and stuff right. like that. And he reckons Will is like hands down one of the nicest dudes on the planet. Yeah. Which is obvious when you see what happened post event and the stories of what he said to Matt Fitzpatrick's parents and stuff like that. I don't know if did you, did yeah, you yeah. hear about that. Yeah. He said <clears> if, <throat> if, if if I was going to lose, oh, you don't, Mike. 
Yeah, so he said, oh, sorry. Boss. Yeah, I was just going to say, he said, if he went, he went, walked straight up to um, Matt's mum and brother who were there and said, look, if I was going to lose this to anyone, you know, I wouldn't want it to be anyone else than, than Matt Fitzpatrick. So it was really oh, nice. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So I would, I would go and see Will. Um, I'd probably go and see one of the the legends. I don't know who, if there was a legend playing, I can't remember who would be sort of up there. Uh, who else would I go and see, Will? Yeah, Shark didn't get an invite. No, he didn't get an invite. I'd go and, see, I'd go and watch Rory. I like watching Rory. I'd probably go and maybe sticky beak at Sergio. Sergio's there. Actually, if you talk about the legends and if he was playing, and it's another one from a ball striking perspective, and obviously it's not he won't be at peak that, I still think Stenson, hmm. Peter Green is something something to watch. And, and the other one, if it wasn't him, uh I'd probably throw in a bit of Spieth. That would probably be my fifth one. It'd be very interesting to watch him golf his ball around there and, I don't know, his hand waving and talking to Mike about the club. And It is going to be interesting at St Andrews because, you know, the, the setup of the course, there's no internal watching. It's all from the perimeter. So um, it's going to be interesting to see how that how that plays out. Uh, anyway, we'll, we'll get to St Andrews. We've got a couple of few more podcasts to put away before we alive uh, from the grounds of St Andrews. I was going to say that the, the, just quickly, without wanting to change the subject too far, because I still want to go through the tipping results because I heard they were pretty good. Um, <laughs> the reason why I, I was thinking of the top five was I got an email today from the uh, European Tour or DP World Tour mailing list, and it was a bit of a survey on there, it was a ten-minute survey, and I'm the sucker for those if I'm interested in whatever they're asking about. And, um, yeah, DP World Tour sent out a, um, a survey on all things golf and what you're interested in. And it was very, very clear from the questioning. And it was, it's, a, it's a pretty long survey um, that they're really having an assessment of where they go uh, and what they're going to do next because the questions were things like, you know, of these tournaments, which ones would you be interested in seeing? And it was like all their headline tournaments plus Ryder Cup plus all the majors and the, the live event in London was on there as well. And it was only like, you know, say 15 tournaments that were listed there, but live was listed. And it was like, would, what, when you go to a tournament, what do you want to see? And things like, you know, live music, how do you rate that? Um, over and above things, do you prefer, are you interested in seeing shorter tournaments? Um, are you interested in seeing different formats? Um, so it was a really interesting survey. If, if anyone is on that mailing list and has got it, go and do it. Cause I think, you can read as much into the questions as as what they uh, as what they're trying to ask you as um, get a bit of information out of it. I, I, I like doing those. I do the one for the PGA Tour as well. I'm on there. Um, well, surely, surely, there, um, Keith Pelly sitting probably turns up to his desk every morning. He's got the check from the Saudi Saudi Investment Corporation staring him in the face, and he's you know probably got a timeline on having to make a decision. Surely not, right? You would think so. Um, I think he's made his decision. He's just got to see whether he's going to backflip on his decision. Be more than what he's got to decide. Hmm. Well, sorry, he's got to decide whether he wants to be swallowed up by the Live Tour or whether the, he wants to get swallowed up by the PGA Tour. That's his. That's his decision. But um, actually, there was another question, Rocket, in the chat. Did you say that? Do you remember which one it was? Oh yeah, is uh, is Will, is Willie Z the new Usti? I didn't say that. I, that, I no, didn't say that. No, no, no. no. We'll, what was the he, other one? He, he is on the way to being in the next SEC because he, he's the only one that has the four runner-ups, isn't he? No, this that's I'm um, No, the other question was from um, someone whose name rhymes with Blakey. Uh, <laughs> will the live to a 
get uh, official world golf ranking points? Don't know. That was, that was a question from the bloke whose name rhymes with Blakey. Yeah. He was, yeah. He was asking. He was asking us on the podcast, podcast questions. I, I don't think they will on their own. Um, I think that if they tie in wholly and solely with the Asian tour, they will get them, but on a reduced capacity, which I think is already happening in September, October. If they it, it'll just come down to the strength of field. Uh, if you start to manipulate it, it's just, it'll be rubbish, right? The, then the official golf world rankings is, is a farce. Well, that's it. Yeah. The, the, that, the problem is that the, the strength of field part, because they don't have the ability to award points now, and, le- and because they're effectively just seen as, you know, shows rather than, a, you know, tour events, a tour, unless they join with the Euro Tour or they're playing on the other one, the lower their rankings go, then, like you said, the strength of field will go down and then they never sort of catch up. It's like when I have to listen to the No Laying Up Boys complain about the manipulators they call them for the European Tour. It's all good and well when the best players in the world are ranked from the, from the Americans. But once upon a time when the best players in the world were from Europe, you know, when it was eighties yeah, and eighties and nineties. Yeah. It's like, Baldo, it, Lyle, that's why the, Uzi, no one was Stevie. calling the Americans manipulators when they were playing. If they played in say an open championship, with Bernard them, doesn't, doesn't stack up. Um, yeah. So there you go. I think they're all the questions we had, but anyway, let's talk the, about the tips. Well, well, the other one is that the, so that Usti one, actually yeah. he's not, he's not the next Usti. Because Usti, because of the seconds, the runners up. Yeah, Usti's one of those ones where he plays golf and then wherever he finishes, he's like, "Ho hum, I'll go home to my property in Florida with all my kids and family, horses and my tractor, and do whatever." That's it. Yeah, that's true. He doesn't sort of care. But Will, you can if you anyone's watched his interview post round, you can see. You can see how much it matters, and he's going to keep. Just bashing down the door over and over again because he's 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 working on his putting and you can see it was less shaky this time than than most other times. So he's obviously doing some work to remove some of that. His ball striking was electric and it was interesting because I never heard anything earlier in the week about obviously the hip problem. So it, whatever his hip. I'm, I'm going to make the assumption because I couldn't find which one it was. I'm going to assume it was his right hip because he was blocking a lot of tee shots and then the ones that were left were those little flippy hands sort of things. So He'll, he'll, yeah. win, a, he'll win a major sooner rather than later, like within the next... Oh, game. absolutely. 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 No, I'm sorry. He'll get rid of his whatever whatever it is with his putting. He'll get rid of that. And um, no, his his putting was actually yeah, really good. Yeah, no, was, he was, was actually really good. So yeah. here's the thing: is that he he does enough of all the other things really really well that he just needs to be okay with the putter and not and not bad with the putter. As long as his normal tee to green game is there, he's he's actually really good with his wedges and around the greens. He's he's like I think it's quite underrated. And he just needs to be okay with the putter. He's like Mike said this many times before. He just needs to have one of those Colin Morikawa weeks and yeah. something like that. And he is he's in good condition. He's he's his short putting is horrendous. Like sorry, the mechanics of his short putts are horrendous. But yeah. his actual putting outside of that is fine. This week he ranks. Where did he rank strokes game putting this week? Who wants to guess? 
Uh, I'm going to go with, it was like, would have been like 15th. Ross? This is Willie Z, strokes game. There's putting. no wrong answer. Yeah, strokes game putting. Well, there is wrong answers. There's lots of wrong answers. It doesn't. There's no in, in, third, in the 30 to 40. He ranked fourth. Oh, okay. He ranked fourth in strokes game putting, right? The problem with Willie Z this week was off the tee. Off the tee. And the reason why you struggle here off the tee, in my opinion, is because if you're just off the tee, and as in you're just missing a fairway, you are cooked. Whereas you look at the guys that were blowing it wide, like Spitzy and here in the prime example, both of them teed off on one of the holes in the back nine. One of them, uh, Fitzy, shoved it miles right oh, through the through the uprights. Is that oh 15. 15. <laughs> way out. And got onto the trampled grass, had a had had a great shot easy. Zalatoris cooked because it was right up, you know, thick, thick grass. So on a course like this, you're actually a beneficial to be even wider on, he, on, he, on a number of occasions. He got that up. He he made four from there too. Made an amazing four. Even when that? they even when they put the score up at four, I'm like, no, 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 he made bogey. I was t- I was literally talking to the television. No, no, he made bogey. They stuffed that up. I was like, oh no, he didn't, did he? God, he made yeah, bogey. he's he's and it, it was one of those weeks where. So this goes back to Southern Hills. It was got small greens, a lot of slope. Power again. Um, and they wouldn't have had them running normally as fast because of all of that slope. So that was in his favour. But the thing is that he was hitting it into the positions because of the way he was in that 15, 20 feet all the time. And he didn't yeah. have many really, really small ones. The one that probably hurts me the most is the one on 17. Like why? how he – I think there was that and there was another one he left in the guts as well. Um, yeah, was 17 on f- 14 was 14 another one is in the hole par 5 I think he left it in the guts he did uh, yeah definitely on the one of the par 5s yeah I think you're right coming uphill par yeah yeah like I, I oh. think um, yeah it's um, look he's he's a good golfer my, in my opinion and I'm happy to be told no you're completely wrong but I think the faster the greens are it helps the worst putters I think that if you're a poor putter and you can just kind of get something started and you just need to give it a tap to get it going and it does a bit of work for you, I, lo- I think I like that better rather than having someone who's got to know. You got to, You need to know this is where it needs the apex. This is where you need to be hitting it. You need to be making sure the pace is right. Everything needs to be right, whereas I think the speed helps a bit sometimes. That's my opinion. If you're twitchy and you're on a fast green? Mm-hmm. On the short ones, definitely. On, on short I'm ones, still, definitely. Yeah. On short ones, even the long you, ones are a little trouble. bit mm, because you don't want to be like on a fast green and have the opportunity to knock it three feet past and have one of those short ones. So the <laughs> slower true. greens where you could probably be a little bit more aggressive, that means you're, you're taking out yeah. the the need to. Yeah, yeah, definitely on slow, slow, not definitely. do this one. No, definitely, but yeah, these guys aren't playing on you know super slow greens too much. I'd, I'd rather them, I, if I was if I was them, I'd rather play on the fast ones. Yeah. Um, so in the tipping. We had three people pick the winner this week. Yeah. Two of them are in the um, head office at the My Love of Golf um, offices. So myself and marketing, the doctor, we both picked the winner. Uh, And Nomadic Golfer was the other one. The Nomadic Golfer, who is still travelling around and playing playing all over Australia. But um, the overall leaderboard... Is now the nomadic golfer at ten point six million. 
Michael Lloyd. Now, Michael Lloyd had a good week as well. He picked Scotty Scheffler. He's a bit unlucky, so he's up to $10.2 million. Oh, just Three. Can I just get a message to Michael Lloyd? Michael, just let me know if those shafts that I re, uh, re-glued for you <laughs> uh, are okay. Just uh, put whack a couple of LA golf shafts in his uh, driver. I'll reset that shaft because the, the ferrule came out and re-ferrelled it and uh, pop one in and... In, in Refeld the the hybrid and reshafted his driver. So just let me know if they're all right, Michael. That's right. There you go. Uh, no three parts. Eight point nine. Number five with the bullet. Me. Yeah. Eight point seven million. That's what happens when you pick back to back winners. Uh, Bobby from Ocean Grove. Eight point four. And the doctor is at eight point one. Eight point two nearly. Rocket fourteenth. Six point oh four. Fallen back in the last few couple of weeks. Was Roscoe a- twenty. Yeah, 20, I was, I've, 5.5. I, I was the big loser there. I went from 13 to 20. Max Homer, you joke. Well, I've had Rory and then um, and then Maddie fits back-to-back weeks, so I've gone from about 30th to 5th. But what the people probably do want to know is the leaders in the, uh, the majors championship, we also have a little competition going there. So the leader, and if you want to know who's going to win the Open, call this bloke, Nomadic Golfer. He's picked the winner at the Masters and the winner at the US Open. <laughs> yeah. So that's pretty good going. So he's on 6 million, 6.1 million nomadic golfer in first place, ways ahead. Bobby, who picked the winner of the PGA and the AVA runner-up in the US, so he's at 5.1. Michael Lloyd again, he's, at, he's up into third position. No three putts in fourth, and Chipper is in fifth. Chipper was leading. Um I believe, or Chipper and no three pass were both leaders. So I'm the Patrick Cantlay of major of tipping. Where are you? Nowhere. Oh, Rocket, you are in 44th position. Yeah, and Patrick Cantlay. Ross is in 46th. I'm in, well, in like sixth position, but only because I had the winner this time around because I was about to. I'm Patrick Cantlay. He's Mark DeLaird. Yeah, so I can't say you've got. Well, you both did all right in the first round, but yeah, that was it. Well, I've got to say there is another, uh, yeah, group of um, you know golf uh, commentators. Uh, they actually have a show on Foxtel. Uh, I don't think any of them picked uh, picked it as well as you did, Mike. I think they're all picking. That's, um, I think they're all picking Canley. Canley, we talked about it, and he did exactly what we said he would do: strokes gain majors. He's a potato. Yeah, he's no good. <laughs> He's no good. Um, and he might win this week, but he won't. He, yeah, he's no chance. So um, I was happy for Matt's fit. I was happy for Matt's, Matt's oh, what do I call him, Matt's? Matt Fitzpatrick, uh, English fella. Must be Irish somewhere, Fitzpatrick, and his dad's name's Russ, so Russ Fitzpatrick, his dad was there. But I was equally as happy and, and maybe even shed a little bit of a blub for um, Billy Foster. That was great. Yeah. I didn't know that he'd um, he kissed the 18th flag on the way off. I went up and and got the flag and, and gave it a little kiss. He was, he was, he was um, yeah, very overwhelmed. No man is caddied for more greater players and won no majors. Unbelievable, what? unbelievable story. You know, like just when you when you think you've caddied for Seve, not many people have that legacy. Uh, Seve, Faldo, Westy. He was on Westy's bag for a lot of his losses. Forever, yeah. <laughs> now nah, to get one was great. For him, absolutely great. You could see he really cherished it. And you could see probably see the, that. That video from the side-on view, I, was, I wanted to almost go back and record it like it was when 
Willard missed the putt. Yeah. And you could see like, they had the shot from the side and, you ha- and he was still having to tap in. And Maddie's looked at him and you could see Billy, he was like just going like. He put, he put his hat down. He, he's like losing. He's like, had, oh, my God. Had fit, had fits. Did he have stuff to tap in? I thought he'd already tapped in. No, he'd already tapped in. He was oh. standing over with Billy, gotcha, right? Gotcha, but then gotcha. Will's putted. He's missed it. So as he's missed it, then they've done a camera shot to um, to Fitzmagic. Yeah. And he was just smiling. And he was lo- looking at Billy Foster. Yeah. So he was like, you could see him sort of going. Yeah. Like Billy. it's the realities hitting him and he's like yeah. grabs his hat and he's sort of pulling it down. And oh, I reckon. He almost I- wondered which one was the player and which one was the caddy there for a second. Yeah. I reckon uh, I first noticed it properly on 17. When he, when he hit that part that he just very tapped it down the hill and it rolled up and he had a laugh that, like, I couldn't I couldn't have done anything there. I wasn't hitting that any harder. Yes. And he turned around and they're having a real solid, like, I've never seen two more relaxed bloke walking up. So it was like he had a six-shot lead or something. I'm like, what am I yeah. missing here? And that's when he started to do that slow walk just to just to calm down. That was the first time when I was like, okay, they, they feel really comfortable here. This is, this is good. Then he hit it in the bunker and I was, yeah. Sweating again. I was, yeah, I was all over again. <laughs> I was very nervous. I lost all my hair. Uh, still on the caddy theme. Does anyone have any mail on uh, Willie Z's caddy? My doppelgangers? Allegedly, people, I've got several messages. Uh, on, no, he's been on his bag forever. Yeah, <laughs> yeah some- but I, I think he was, so he was, now I could actually have the wrong player. Now, I believe he was, when he was on, Willie Z's bag, and even on the Corn Ferry. All right, Corn Ferry, the players barely make enough to make a living. So then you think if you're a caddy, you're like you're living out of a, a soup tin. I've heard stories about um, Joel Damon talking about um, his caddy Gino in terms of he, you know, he spent three years basically mortgaged his home to help even help Jolly D um, on tour and stuff like that. Basically, was earning zero money. His wife. Gino's wife was the one that was the breadwinner, sort of like to fund him being Joel Damon's caddy. Like it's insane, right? So you think Corn Ferry Tour making zero money. Apparently he was nearly going to lose his house when Willie caught caught fire in 2020. And then so he had that run through the, the at the U, start of the US Open and then ran through 2020 and from there was earned enough by the time he got to the Masters um, to be able to, you know, one, not lose his house and be able to sort of pay it off. I just looked him up then. So his two people that he caddied for before Willie were uh, Charlie Belgian and... Bitcoin. John Merrick. So oh, yeah, yeah, he's not making a lot of money with those. No, nah, he, uh, he was coaching uh, some golf in Los Angeles as an assistant coach and he... Uh, was also uh, did a little bit of basketball you know, outside yeah. of the States as well, but yeah. Yeah, well, thanks to Adam Siamis, uh, one of the staff at Drummer Golf Melbourne, for uh, sending me a picture this afternoon. He's going, hey, you look like this bloke. Uh, obviously, I posted that just to get a reaction, and uh, several other people said, yeah, no, that's on the uh, spot on. My wife thought he was a bit, fair bit skinnier than, than me, and uh, I appreciate that. Thanks for, your, uh, <laughs> thanks for your support on my fitness uh, regime, Alex. Um must be skinny if he looks skinny standing next to Will Zalatoris. He must weigh nothing. <laughs> I think he's much taller. Yeah, anyway, bit of fun. Bit of fun. Uh, what's next? Next is the Travellers Championship this week. So, 
for those lucky people in the uh, Discord channel, they've already seen the data lake this week, so I'm going to start sharing that in there as early as I can so people can have a bit of a look at it. Uh, not going to go in depth with this because we've been to, it's much more interesting to talk about the US Open. But uh, effectively, I've, I've narrowed it down to about five guys, but I'm not really too stressed about anything yet because there's a long way to go. There's a pretty reasonable field. Um, but I've put down Xander, Patrick Cantlay, who we said can't win the major, Davis Riley, who's a good up-and-coming young golfer, Keegan Bradley, who was the home, hometown boy this week, and Mark Leishman. Um but there are a lot of twice, isn't he? Leash has won it back in ten about ten years ago, but he's had a lot of, lot of top tens. He was third last year as well, oh, so okay. I had a bit of flush a bit of form today. So why not? Uh, as we're going to do, I'm going to read the top fifteen, which again early. So if someone's if you're listening to this and someone's with John Ramos, don't be shocked because it is Monday. How funny, um, how funny was the Discord channel? People doubting the data lake with uh, all of my stuff in there. It was a, it was a, it was ha- happy to get the win, but yeah, there's probably as many missed the cut in the top fifteen as uh, as finished up there. But that's okay. That'll, doesn't I matter. Think, doesn't the, matter. The key with it is, like I was saying in, the, in there, the data lake will rank them, but then you got to overlay and have a look at their tournament history and their and their form coming in, and that'll give you a number. Because this one here, um, there was someone on here. It was coming up pretty highly. Tyler Duncan. I'm not betting on Tyler Duncan. He comes up 14. Uh, Xander Shoffley, Russell Henley, Sam Burns, Sungjae Im, Patrick Cantlay, Scotty Scheffler, Seamus Power, Justin Thomas, Joel Damon, Mito Pereira, Davis Riley, Kevin Kisner, Tom Hoagie, Tyler Duncan, and Joaquin Neiman. Uh, top 15 this week. But as you can hear, I've already got Keegan and Mark Leishman that are in that list. But there are a lot of big names playing. I know uh, I'm pretty sure Willie Z was on the list until a couple of days ago and he withdrew. Um, but yeah, there are some big players. Right. I think it'll probably be their last start and then uh, they'll be getting their gear together and jumping on a boat. So I've got the Irish Open over in uh, at Mount Juliet. Uh, Herb is over there defending. Two weeks away. Uh, two weeks away? What's this week? Uh, is there, is there Germ- something in Germany, I think. Uh, BMW International. German. Okay. Sorry, I, Germany. Uh, München. Why did I think that this week was the Irish Open? I think I think um, Herbie may be practicing there. Yeah. Okay. I, I saw. I did see him post something there, but I think that's two weeks away. Yeah. Okay. Um. So BMW in Europe, uh, ladies. Where, where are the women? Not sure about where the women are this week. I know they had a big uh, time this week. I didn't get to watch any of it. I had it up. Shoot. They are. It's the women's PGA. Hmm. A congressional. Kitty up. Major. Yeah, that'll be a big one to watch. Get it, uh, Min G didn't win today, did she? She was she was battling it out, wasn't she? I saw after the third round she was right up there. No, I think she fell off. No, she fell off. Uh, you know, our, con- our connection to Congressional with one of our fellow uh, podcast uh, guests, uh, Early Doors, was a greenkeeper at Congressional. Who was that? Mitchell. Uh, Mitchell Driver. So Mitchell did uh, part of his um, program that he did through the University of... Oh, that university that does a program for greenkeepers where they get send them to three different courses. Uh, he went to Congressional. There you go. He loved the place. Said it was unbelievable. Uh, but you can listen to that in the early doors. That, in, uh, By the way, if you ever go back and listen to that uh, episode, that was recorded. That was definitely one recorded from uh, the Nissan... <laughs> Navarre. The Nissan mobile podcast studio. <laughs> I had this microphone, right? And this is the only way that I knew that I could record audio because I had him on the phone. I didn't have any of this set up to record from the phone. I had it playing in the audio on the phone and I had the spe- this microphone um, pointing to the speaker in the car. 
That's embarrassing. And Mitchell and Mitchell was standing in on the uh, 18th fairway at St Andrews uh, doing that interview because he was just about to go and work at uh, Glen Eagles. That's so right. he, he had already worked at um, St Andrews on the team, but he was on his way to Glen Eagles. Yeah, Mitchell. All Boyle. the uh, all the tool junkies boys have just uh, just visited. Scotland and played some golf and they're just on the way home now, I think. They played uh, the old course and a few other favourites over there. They're having a ball. When are we getting very, them on? Very, very young. We should get get them on in the lead-up to uh, Scotland. Yeah, absolutely. I don't think any, I don't think anyone's going to be over, uh, can overhear about Scottish golf or, or golf courses in the lead-up to uh, in and around the Open. So uh, mm-hmm. who's, what's, who's the main man? JT, BT, CJ? D- <laughs> DB and Pat. Two boys. Two boys. Yeah, I'll ask them. Yeah, let's do that. Their first time over there? First time. Yeah, they asked me to go. It was, um, they booked that when I was in King Island two years ago. Really? And then COVID came and they had to put it all off. And so they they moved it to last year and they got shuffled to this year. So it was a bit of a bit of a tricky one because they the same as us. They do a big um, US Open uh, podcast and a few different things going on this week, and then they had to do them all from uh, the jigger in, and they were they were, um, they were drinking a skin full of Guinness and, and ciders and enjoying life. But uh, yeah, they got on the old course. Um, they played a couple of days ago somewhere else. I can't remember. But they, they put all their photos up. They had a, had an absolute ripping time, which is good. Uh, I noticed you, you did engage uh, with. Uh UK golf guy, didn't you say you'd be in? You'd be in for a a roll. Oh, a trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. You, you, you've just got to. Um, look, I'm going to the Ryder Cup next year, so that, that so I'll be tying on a trip to a week of golf in Scotland around then. Okay, rocket, fancy. Are you in for that? Roll back, roll back to Scotland. So like the sort of the hangover movie. I just did, you lost me on the rollback bit. I didn't know that. I said I just I'm going to go and play golf. Oh, I think I said I think I think I said Demolica. I said what what better way to celebrate a rollback? Like, let's skip Kingston Heath and just take it straight to North Berwick. Yep. Okay. Well, once we get that massive sponsorship, oh dear. Uh, Taylor made. You know where I am. Slide in my DMs. You're getting you're getting warmer. You're, you're getting to, warmer. The, well, they're going to be fifty fifty with Callaway, so be disappointing. Taylor, mate, you better hurry up. Let's get this branding done. Come on. I did use the Callaway Apex Minwoolie TCBs the other day for the first time at Kingston Heath. Very strange. No, you, that was the second time you used them. Oh, first sorry. time you used yeah. them was at St Andrews. Yeah. What? A, how fitting. How fitting. The old course. Ah, uh, no. Well, actually, off real turf, and uh, no, very impressive. Uh, they were good. Uh, enjoyed it. Had five bogeys. No, no double bogeys. No birdies. Five bogeys. Sorry, I played. I played nine holes. Sorry, I played. Uh, happy birthday to my brother-in-law and sister-in-law, the twins. They, their birthday was yesterday, and I played nine holes with with Steve yesterday at the Lakes of Altona, aka Altona Lakes. Um, and I shot a. I should normally shoot a couple over there. I shot six over because I had a quad. I haven't had a quad in a while. That was oh, fun. Uh, yeah. Dennis Armfield wants a game of golf with you too. With me. You know what? You can tell him he's already played with me. He wouldn't even know. I oh. played him. I played with him and his dad one day at uh, Royal and Ancient Park. Oh, really? When? Yeah. Oh, I literally it was playing golf with someone. I can't remember who I was with, and we got stuck in a got stuck behind two other boys, and it was just slow as anything. And we said, "Do you want to join up?" And it was him and his dad. And um, did, did I he... only I only knew it was him because his dad had. He's, he's training shirt on. I said arm feel on the back, and I'm like, 
That's Dennis Harvey. Right? <laughs> oh, that's definitely him. His dad's, that must be his mate because he's wearing that. And his dad was, I think his dad was over from Perth. From yeah, correct. Um, yeah. Did Dennis, was it Pink Driver era? He was around the way, he was playing yeah, the Bubba Driver. Yeah, yes, he yeah, was. That was early. Early golf doors for Dennis. He's um, he matured as a golfer somewhat since then. No, uh, I remember. I remember it well because he just bought a house not far from me in Ascot Bar. Yeah, so well, that's that's, uh, that's his hood. So he gets down to Riverside a bit. So we were talking about doing some uh, chipping and and whatever else at Riverside. So I said, Magic Mike's down there all the time. Yeah, you guys, you guys um, should link up. Yeah. Okay, I'll set that up. Uh, what else? One last shout out from me, my wife. Uh, don't know how, but my one of my wife's friends. We talked about it a while ago. She's in uh, Scottsdale. She's been her and her, her and her boyfriend over there have been listening to the show. So, good day, Catherine. Good day, Catherine. Um, Hello. Give us some feedback. Why do you, why do you find yourself um, you know camped around the fire with a glass of Australian fine wine, listening to uh, three old flogs? They're lo- loving their golf and they're loving uh, – they're actually just – they're doing a golf trip to Canada at the moment because she's Canadian. Oh, oh, the bag's down. Line. The bag's down. <laughs> the you're going to you're gonna have to watch the YouTube, though, and I, any understanding of what we're on about here. Taylor Maid's down. <laughs> oh, I think no. that's a sign. I think that's a sign we're getting the Callaway sponsorship. Taylor Maid is out the door. Oh, dear. Bagged out. <laughs> root, root. Um, I need another one now. <laughs> when, well, I hear the St Andrews one is very special, Rocket. Again, I've said it once, I've said it before. Slide into my DMs, you're getting warmer. <laughs> I'm Matt. Oh, dear. <clears throat> uh, Speaking of tailor-made, I've actually bought some secondhand um, tailor-made spider putters for the trio. Oh, cool. uh, I'm waiting for one more. It's about to get cut down. Uh, so, you know, just keeping the branding out there, you know, even though I didn't buy them the brand new ones, I bought, I bought, I made sure that no peanut would would trash and put into waste the tailor-made spider putters. Oh, well, the kids are getting off to a fine start with their putting careers by putting with one of the finest mallets ever made, design, designed by Sean Toulon, who now is the uh, Callaway putter designer. Uh, there you go. Sorry, I threw that back your way there, Mike. I'm just playing brand tag tennis. By the way, that's it. I actually bought um, a new driver on eBay. And when I say new driver, I mean a Titleist 983, 7.5 degree driver from, you know, 20 years ago. Beautiful. With 30 bucks well spent. Did you see my... Uh, Latest uh, toys. I did say oh, you got lots of lots of um, clubs, and I saw that. Um, I always forget his name. The guy who is it Ross who makes the old clubs. Ross Baker. Hmm. Yeah. Rocket, you might want to have a look at what he uh, what he found on. I think it was Ross it was someone like that. It was on Instagram uh, on Twitter. They found on Facebook. Um, you mean the sporting bag with all the clubs in it? Yeah. Yeah, I know the one. <laughs> no, so the sporting no, mate. Facebook Marketplace. Facebook Marketplace. Who was that? It wasn't Ross, was it? It was Sandy Jamison. Nice. Sandy Jamison. It was Sandy, yes. I saw that today and thought of Ross Rocket straight away when I saw that bag. I saw that bag <laughs> and I was like, yat. Now, I'm not on Facebook Marketplace or anything like that. No, me either. Sandy's probably got three of those. Probably just reach out to him. Probably, he's probably got three with the stitches on it. It's all right. I'm, uh, the, my, my good boy's. A little bit just over the over yeah. the border have got one on hold for me, so I'm hoping to tee it up in a few weeks with one of them. You're gonna take you're gonna drive down to uh, yeah, absolutely, uh, Ballina Byron, yeah, 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 absolutely. See the old salt dogs, 
Yeah, go down, you know, have, have, a, have a lazy nine. Let me know. I might come with you. I might fly up and play golf at Byron Bay. Okay. I've got nothing to do. Oh, okay. I like the sound of this. Yeah, I'm not joking. <laughs> Mid winter peak Caridi day. <laughs> I looked at the weather in Brisbane the other day and I was like, it's gonna be 23. I might fly out for the weekend and play golf with Rocket. <laughs> now I'm feeling left out. Okay. Um, very good. Oh, oh, that'd be and, great. And, and, never been and, another and, country. Hey, hey, and actually, sorry, kind of silence. Hopefully she doesn't, she she doesn't listen to the podcast. Oh, <laughs> she so. does. She watches the video. <laughs> okay. Really? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? What? What is it? Like my my, my dad, dad uh, has turned into uh, a very good, strong supporter of the Mile of Golf podcast. Is everything all right? I said, "What's up, Dad? Oh, you, there's no podcast this week." I said, "Yeah, there was. Oh, not on the YouTube. There's no. I said, just didn't get around to it. Oh, I have to watch the Voice now or something or whatever he watches. <laughs> um, so uh, sorry, Dad. Apologies that we didn't publish the YouTube episode." So, so um, we'll, we'll we'll chat offline, but um, maybe come up the 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 afternoon before because um, uh, the uh, the missus will be down south for two weeks. Yeah, no, I'll come up on a Friday. No, this, this is how it all happens. Uh, scheming and de- willing to, and dealing uh, golf trips. Well done, uh, very good. Well, if there's nothing else, if there's nothing else, nothing else. That's it. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, Mike, and well done for your uh, tutelage with the Dard Lake. Thank you for everyone that's joined us in the Discord. That's turning out to be a lot of fun from all around the world, uh, whether you're in Scottsdale or Scotland. Uh, we appreciate your time, and uh, we look forward to catching up with you every week. I am getting very excited for um, a break. You guys are getting excited uh, by the sounds of it for getting together in my absence. It's going to be good. I uh, love what we do. I love what you guys do and appreciate every minute that you uh, attend to uh, providing the listeners some great information. So thank you. And as, a, as I said before, thank you to the listeners. We'll see you next week on the My Love of Golf podcast.